We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, folks. This is Todd Zola here, substituting for Clay Link on the Friday, September 17th, Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Con- uh, podcast. A little, little rough around the edges, folks. I'm not used to being in the driver's seat. Here with me today is my good friend and colleague and fellow FSWA Hall of Famer, Tristan H. Cockroft. And tell him what the H stands for. The H is for happy, of course. And I'm so happy, Todd. I see the little plaque right behind you. It's the oh, first I forgot. thing I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Oh, I didn't, well yeah. done, sir. Well done. I didn't even think of that. It's still weird to me because it's still – I haven't learned a handshake yet because I haven't seen anybody. Um, I've got, you know, Jason's called Jason. A few people, certain people called me. But I don't know that I've seen a Hall of Famer in person yet to learn a handshake. So um, we'll get you acclimated to that. We'll work on it. The next time we can finally meet. <laughs> you're not going to be in Arizona, unfortunately, right? You're going to you've got uh, commitments. So maybe yeah. maybe there'll be somebody in Arizona that can uh, that can teach me first pitch. Arizona. Man, that's there will be the three, four weeks. It's a it, it, four weeks. The first, mm-hmm. the first uh, se- seminars will be right around now because there's a clock difference and stuff. So uh, actually, we'll probably be heading with a game right around now. Wait, let's like see, maybe, maybe earlier in the day or later in the day. Yeah, I'd have to do the math there. I'm, I'm really bummed to miss it. It's, a, it's such a great conference. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I know a lot of the listeners love things like this. I, I recommend it so much on our own show. I'll recommend it on yours too. The first pitch, go. Arizona. Absolutely. So we're here today to talk a little bit about the two start pitching, like we always do. And uh, Chris, Chris, and I work together at ESPN on some player profiles, on some projections, and just sort of the the ESPN draft kit. And I know I've kind of begun to think about, Jesus, we've still got work to do this year, right? I mean, we're both still grinding, and maybe not grinding to the top as much as I hope this year, but we're both still grinding in our leagues. But we get an early start on on next season just because. And I've begun thinking about it, and – First thing that came to mind is, oh, cool. Uh, we don't have to worry about 2020 anymore, the short season. But we kind of do because it's it's part of the baseline, right? It's still there. So we still have to factor in 2020, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But uh, And we've seen this year hot streaks, cold streaks, et cetera. Um, what, what about 2021? Are you thinking about how we, you know, little differences, how it may be a little different than normal when we start to do our baselines and just to get ready? I I am going to 
probably <laughs> here's the thing i projection wise i'm not sure exactly what numbers i'm going to settle on for waiting 2020 and 2021 2021 is obviously going to have the heftiest weight but it's not going to be like it was in the past where at mm-hmm. the conclusion of 2019 i put you know a 50 to 60 percent heavy weight on it when i was trying to formulate a, a basic projection that's usually how i start off with my rankings this year especially with pitching being what it is i don't know that you can give it that kind of weight i i'm i'm gonna have to think about this a lot during the off season but i'm i'm gonna probably sit down and look at skills and just make arbitrary decisions on individual players rather than have some sort of blanket projection it might be one of those years where i just do that where it's pitching by feel more than anything yeah well i uh, i i don't have that luxury unfortunately uh now that i'm projecting 1200 players as opposed to the 400 i'm most likely to draft but i i will have to go through the weighting but i do go through individuals and will wait to change the weightings based upon different uh different aspects but no i'm with you there and 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 now if you can if you go a year back further 2019 gets rolled in and that's the funny ball year so mm-hmm. So we got we got 2019 with the accelerated home runs. We've got 2020, the short season, and 2021, where what we've got really weird weather. I don't know if you if you graphed home runs, etc. It's not following the normal pattern. It usually follows weather. Weather's been just wonky this year. The ball, forget about the sticky stuff. You know the ball itself, and then the sticky stuff. So. As far as the the actual baseline in 2020, 2021, it's 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 going to be a little bit more bizarre. And I think, as you kind of suggested, there's going to be a lot more finesse than muscle to this year's projections. And I think, and I and I think a draft is going to need more finesse than muscle as well. Yeah, I, no, I, I it's a good point too. I hadn't even thought of it as the the funny ball year. The Cardinals didn't really get to play baseball very much here. Yeah. Or Jack Flaherty didn't get to play baseball very well, much here. And then there was the – and by the way, it's not even a, an even split between the sticky stuff. I think it was, what, June 23rd, pre-midway point of the season? So yeah. It's not even you could say it's like half a season and half a season. You have to put some context on each of those four little divisions when you're doing projections. Yeah, I, yeah. This, this is why I have such great respect for you putting together that projections engine. It's not easy work for next year. Well, thanks. It, it you know it, you come what you know. It's only you can only get it get it so right. So we I kind of worry about playing time and making sure everybody in there, and then you let the rest take care of itself. But you mentioned the the sticky stuff. The, the June twentieth was the date they started the twenty first, but they had a w- warning. Right, the mm-hmm. first of the month was when yeah. MLB said we're, you know so some pitchers started to check it, but now if you take a look at spin rates, they're down, but it's not. Oh, we, it's not commensurate with performance. Mm-hmm. The strikeouts are down, but home runs are down. That doesn't make sense. You should go in opposite directions with a couple of weeks left. So that has to do with the weather, and that has to do with injuries and and and, and shortened staffs and relievers, etc. It's just it doesn't. If you graph out the season, it doesn't follow the normal pattern, which kind of you know I'm sure we'll both talk about it in pieces and podcasts, etc. It's it's not take one off the top. It never is. It's never take one off the top of rankings, but it's even less so. It's even less so this year. The variability of whatever projection set one is using, man, it's it's uh it's I don't want to say not important because I'm then I, I don't have a job, but it's <laughs> the uh, roster construct etc. is just paramount. 
Yeah, and by the way, we didn't even get into things like park factors. <laughs> well, you Toronto. and I were debating that so much over well, Toronto, three different parks. Good lord. Toronto, yeah. yeah. And and there's some, you know, some players like Vlad was better at the beginning and the end. Other mm -hmm. players are better now than before. It, it, you can't you just can't look at them. You just have to yeah. I mean, there, there's there, you can't discern anything in such short time. The other thing we haven't talked about. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is kind of the biggie is uh is there going to be a DH? Oh no! Oh no! We're back there again, aren't we? Got yeah. two sets of projections: one with the DH and one without the DH. Uh, I look. I really hope there is a DH, and I'm a traditionalist. It. I really do yeah. hope there is a DH. I think baseball needs it. Yeah, and which it 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 affects pitching in a big way. NL's back to having a point uh, point one five point two lower ERA like normally and if the DH there you have to make the adjustment mm -hmm. as if there was a DH and have to jump it up to do the baselines etc yep. let alone well Dominic Smith got hurt so he was kind of the prime example of a guy that's going to get more playing time where well, he, he was hurt so he didn't get as much anyway but there's you know there, there's there's certain players uh, batters as well that it matters but remember the year I'm sure I know you remember the year the Ryan Braun clean and dirty year where we carried him two different projections with or without the suspension yeah. this year we had an entire projection set yeah. two different projection sets so oh and well, then the worst is yeah we're doing going back to the projections point we had a yeah. year without the dh a year with the dh yeah. and then a year without the dh and then we didn't even get into the whole the way the divisional play had been aligned at a 2020 it's just baseball's really been madness over the past two ca two calendar well two years mm -hmm. <sighs> It's going to be a fun off season, a fun off season for us analysts. Yeah. And I think sarcastic and truthful. Well, absolutely. And there are now ample double headers and extra inning games. I didn't worry about it in 2020 because I think there are enough now that we may have to look at and, and make adjustments, especially to relievers mm -hmm. uh, and, and decide skill levels of relievers of how much of a difference there is there in the extra innings and unearned runs and earned runs and, what needs to be decided there? I, I, I there, you know, there, there weren't enough games last year, but this year there were. Hopefully, well, hopefully they've already come out and said or hinted that the doubleheaders and the uh, ghost runner will be gone next year. We, uh, which kind of was interesting to me that they would say that because you think you want to keep that as a bargaining point, but yeah, well, we'll see. But um, it, the two sides are talking, right? I mean, we're hearing weird proposals but we're hearing proposals yeah it's it, the thing that, that worries me is just that it feels like preliminary discussion and i would hope at this point it's a little bit more advanced than this but yeah they're 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 underway i mean yeah. my fingers are tightly crossed knocking on wood whatever little you know superstitious thing you need i i'm hopeful right you know you, you you're lucky you've got a uh a job that you do multiple sports i'm uh freelancing so i am i caught a break with the i, mean, I don't find the fourth wall tmi i don't know whatever but the uh when the season was delayed in 2020 there was covid dispensation for us freelancers so i caught a break then that will not well hopefully won't be the case this spring if, if mlb goes on strike i'm unemployed so um we'll see uh if, if there is dispensation that means the little virus thing got a lot worse so uh, hopefully it won't yeah no, no and hopefully no. the season will be on so we'll uh we shall be okay. Don't worry, folks. I, I won't be missing too many meals. And if I do, that's not such a bad thing. Uh, 
Now, another quick, we kind of talked a little about it before we get into the two-star pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a tout table this week. Clay and I sometimes talk about the tout tables, and I know you. Uh, there's a certain rule change that you've written about. It may not be the answer to this impending question, but I kind of I, I gave a standard league uh, and, and, and told asked the touts, what would be their number one rule change if I'm the commissioner and I say, hey, guys, uh, offseason, let's, let's, let's vote on some rule changes. Um, to, I, I purposely made a lot of rules that I want to change myself because it gives me something to write about. But consider a, a standard 15-team league, um, five by five, uh, seven minute reserve, no IL. You can trade. Uh, was there a particular rule change that kind of struck your, you know, the first? This is this is the one I would propose. So I, I had one that struck me immediately, and then I decided to wait and think about it. So I still owe you my write up, and I will get that in there. That my my first reaction was the pitching, uh, the innings pitched, uh, minimum. I actually think the innings pitch minimum has become the most problematic part of any of my own individual leagues. So when you had put a thousand on there for a nine man pitching staff, I think it's too aggressive. Every league I have now has moved to 900. We have a league where we start eight pitchers and I've been trying to make a push to drop it as somewhere between 600 and 750 because, and here's, here's my angle on that. And this can apply to a lot of other rule uh, rule sets is I don't want any manager to have to be stuck doing weird things with their roster. I don't like it when people have caps on transactions, for example, because then that, that, that penalizes the unlucky. Somebody who has an awful lot of injuries, they have to spend moves. I've made that case for a while. It's the same thing with innings pitched. I'm finding people go in and I mean, I'll, I'll reference my brother, for example. I just had a conversation with him last night where he told me, I don't actually have enough starting pitchers to put in my lineup right now. And he's adding relief pitchers, but he has to meet the minimum. It doesn't feel natural to me. So that's the first thing that struck me of any of the ones there. I actually wouldn't change the categories that much. I like Tout Wars categories a lot with on-base percentage instead of batting average. I do like that quite a bit. So consider that if you're in a, a, a standard league right now. The other is I see people are talking about fab about the, the fab setup. I actually really hate town setup with the thousand fab. I preferred the hundred and that goes to my, we, we serve the, the general audience, the average casual fantasy player and the average casual fantasy player often cannot comprehend the value of fab. The larger the seasonal number is. So when you have it a smaller number, it gives people more reference points that they know out of 100, you're spending 35 out of 100. They think of it in terms of percentages, what percentage of your budget. They don't think of it in terms of 1,000. And if I did that in my leagues, I'd get a guy who spent all of his money by the end of May where everybody else has 750, 800 fab left. I've seen this happen tons of times in my home league. So that's probably the second one I would do. Which ones do you, would you change? Yeah, I don't uh, – I'm going to mention the fab, so I'll get to that. I actually know what that is the number one is the fab. And I, I agree with the, I don't know that I like, uh, I, I guess I'm used to the thousand because of the, of, because of the NFPC. And I know that's a very small fragment of the overall population of players, but I think that's, I think that I wasn't involved. I wasn't on the board when they changed that rule. I don't like, I don't like $0 bits. I'm not a fan of the $0 bits. So that, I think that would be the first thing I get rid of. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, especially when, especially I don't. Well, I especially a hundred. If it's a hundred, I think I'd ask for zero dollar bids. If it's a thousand, I don't like zero dollar bids. If you can't budget a thousand dollars and leave yourself at least a buck, then I think that, that that that's too aggressive. So that would be the first thing 
I think would I, I'd go to thousand with with minimum one dollar bid. Mm. Uh, this isn't a concern in 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 our in most of our leagues, but I hate trading fab. So do I. I, I just it, it it it's already hard enough to yep. kind of figure out the equity of players and value and points. Just you know, in some leagues, all right. If it's a ten dollar sweetener, if you will, I can see that. But some, it's, it's, I'm in one league where it's literally, I'm gonna drop, you know, I'm gonna drop this guy Thio Estrada if you uh, if you want him before, you know, you want him in a week early. Uh, the highest fab bib gets him, and I don't like that because it, it it just it bothers me that you know trade a player for a player, and and so I, I don't like trading fab. Um, I guess what would be some of the other some of the other big time rules? That was that. I mean, again, I'm going to write a piece on it, and I want to change like the entire rule set. Well, not the entire rule set, but the majority, the majority of the rules. Well, we but should I, be revising rules as the yeah. game transcends yeah. forward. That's. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try and throw you as quick as I can here. A couple of things to that. I, I, your point about the thousand fab with minimum one bids. That, that's a really good point. I had not thought of it that way. But yeah, I think I do disagree with the $0 bids in the 1000 system. I, I first thought you said take the NF, NFBC approach into that. Well, that to me is much more advanced players. Don't forget right. the casual player you're trying to bring along. Don't make True. them play at that level. I agree with you. I don't like trading fab. The biggest problem I have with trading fab is that people very often budget their year based on what they have. They save resources. And then to watch a competitor make a trade that alters mm -hmm. their planning doesn't feel right to me. No, that's right. And in Trental Wars, we give a rebate back, and sometimes that affects things. You mentioned that. Remember what I wanted to mention. You mentioned the percentage of things, the percent, you know, thirty-five percent. One of the key, which you're trying to convert with a thousand dollars, is thirty-five percent of a thousand is three fifty, right? Mm -hmm. But the different the thing is, you're leaving yourself with six hundred and fifty one-dollar moves. Whereas in $100, you have $65 moves. I'm just yeah. using a silly example. The point being, it's not a direct conversion. You know, if if someone's if 35% and $100 budget doesn't mean you should bid $350 out of $1,000. You, mm -hmm. you probably need to up that just because yeah. you still have a lot a lot more left over. You know, a $1 bid in September is a $1 bid regardless yeah. of the <laughs> regardless yeah. of how much fab. It's just what it is. I, I've been as responsible as any for hoarding my fab in Towers. I just feel like the free agent list over the past three, four years hasn't Ugh. been that exciting. So I'm still sitting on a mountain pile of cash because I just didn't find anything exciting. But yeah, you need to be aggressive with it. I've written about that, doing it early. I had a whole calculation for it. Yeah. But in the 100, labor, by the way, with 100, I don't like that they're not $0 bids there. We have actually seen races get decided because somebody ran out of fab and just couldn't even have an active player in there. Right. And, and I'm, I'm going through that now in late while well, I, you know, to try to get up to fifth and not six, but even mm -hmm. so, um, when you mentioned the hammer, one of the things about having the hammer is you need to use it. And so you have the hammer for one week, but then you're left with like $13 or $7 for the rest of the season with his two months left. So now you got seven one dollar bids for you. So you got I got Starling Marte, woo! But I got no I, I, I you know, and you you need you just don't use it willy nilly. You get to use it for an injury, and then you just string one dollar bids and you, you get whoever's left. So then it, it's a decision. Okay, well you're an idiot because you didn't spend it early, and you should have gotten players instead of Starling Marte. So yeah, that's probably right, and it's another reason for spending earlier. So don't even 
get yourself in this situation. But right, the, the, the without the zero dollar bids, you you are hamstrung towards the end. It, it, so the, obviously, like I said, the answer is don't let yourself get into that scenario mm-hmm. and and you know use the hammer and, and and not have the what's left over. But uh, then there's Stalin Marte who got me the points and steals, and now I want him to start hitting home runs because I'm falling behind in homers. But that's my that's my that's my problem. What We're all Marte- battling. What does Marte have something like 70% of labor ale steals for the year, probably oh, just in his Oakland days? It feels insane. like that. Oh, it's hey, insane. Todd, we, you we mentioned with the rule change that the one thing we never got into was score was anything scoring categories. I, I find that interesting. Um, that's kind of would be my next. And I yeah, I I I'm all right. I prefer OBP over batting average. It's not huge to me. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm such a innings pitched over wins guy. I just yeah. To me, it just makes all the sense in the world. Whatever argument against wins, the answer is innings pitched. They're important. The it, uh, minor minor leaguers, relievers get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just, they're just they're just important. And I, I, they're counting stat. And you can then, well, if you, you you can't have an innings pitch limit, okay, that's all good, good and well too. Saves, I'm not a huge fan of, um, but I'm a lesser fan. I'm less a fan of holds. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I'm even less of a fan of saves plus half holds. If you're going to add holds, add holds. Yeah. You don't move the needle with half holds. You just yeah. don't. You know, if you're going to move the needle, move the needle. Yeah. And so it make it saves plus holds. But to me, if you have innings pitched, you make saves K per nine. But now you had a third ratio category. And yeah, <laughs> and you know I've made that case with my six by six. It's the it's the biggest flaw I found. I would love to do stolen base percentage in that, but a lot of league sets don't support it. Uh, the score, they, uh, mm-hmm. the websites don't support it. So yeah, and uh, like I said I think you know Tristan will uh, chime in on the on this tout table. We posted Monday. I'll post. We've already got um, thirty or thirty five responses. We're getting people to come out of the woodwork. To, uh, I thought they were, you know, saving it to the end. So this will be up on toutwars.com on Monday, folks. And uh, we, Clay and I mentioned them once when I happen to come up with a, a good a good question. We, uh, we we do mention it here. So, so the main reason we're here today is to talk about two start pitchers. So before we do that, though, we need to pause just a moment and uh, and pay a couple bills. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, Todd Zola here. Not if you if you t- uh, tuned in just to hear the two star pitchers. I'm not Clay Link. Clay is taking a well deserved weekend off, seeing some family. I think he has a ball game in in, in the uh, on the agenda. And I'm here with uh, my friend 
Tristan Cockcroft from ESPN. He writes the Forecaster and uh, among among other things. But one of the things we're going to dip into is his Forecaster knowledge today because he he ranks every single pitcher like I do. Uh, he probably ranks him better than I do. He ranks every single pitcher as well as I do. No, not as well. Anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, sometimes the self-deprecating stuff doesn't work if you don't say it right. But um, so what we're going to do is go through the pictures like like we always do, and we'll ask Tristan for his opinion, uh, ranking five to five to zero, and we'll we'll talk about our pictures and we'll give you the the normal disclaimer that I'm going to read them off of the current RotoWire grid. Yep, and they're going to change. They're going to change by the end of our broadcast, and they're going to change even more by the time. You guys listen to our broadcast. That's just the way it is. And even better, they'll change more during the week. Oh yeah, yeah, especially this coming week. Uh, but I, you know, we you know we mentioned, and I know you do too with the with the forecaster update. We publish it, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then I will publish, and you publish on Monday morning. I do on Sunday night mm-hmm. the the most updated uh, information to try to help set lineups. But and we'll talk about a few things. You know, this 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 Saturday, this Sunday start may not occur. So if you're starting him just because he's got two, maybe you want to think about something else, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the normal the normal uh, get going. I just realized as we're doing this, I didn't prepare to write down the the our grades. So I will figure out a way as we're going along to write down to uh, to, to to note to note our respective grades. I think I just figured out how I can do that, and uh, and and we and we'll we'll read them off at the end and. We shall go from there. So we're going to start as we always do because we're we're alphabetical order, and we uh, one of these days we're going to start with W, just because <laughs> you do I, when I do that when I do like team updates. Once in a while, I feel bad for the Nationals because they're always so short. Because I just want to get it over with. So I feel I should start with the Nationals one week to to make sure I give them the full attention that they deserve. But. Um, I got no problem with alphabetical order. That's why I named my son what I did. His name starts with A, and there was a reason for it. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, all right. So uh, making sure I have the right week, the week in 920. Luke Weaver and, and uh, Merrill Kelly have a pair for the Diamondbacks. They're both at home. We got versus Atlanta to begin the week. And over the weekend, we've got the Dodgers. So uh, we'll let you. Uh, we'll let it. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth. Who goes? To, who goes first? We'll let you kick it off, Tristan, with Luke Weaver and then Merrill Kelly. So I, I don't feel great about either of these guys. I don't like that Dodger matchup. That's the thing that really bugs me most. I mean, Luke Weaver's been all right since he came back. Merrill Kelly, it's just the one outing. I don't think we could read too much into it. it was so-so in that one. I'd probably give Weaver an ever-so-slight edge. Forecaster didn't agree with me. Forecaster prefers Merrill, Merrill Kelly, and I talk about it like it's its own person, but just based on the algorithm I have for it, it preferred him. I'd probably say Weaver is uh, five is high, so I'd go two to two and a half for Weaver, two for Kelly. Okay. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned that you talk about it's like your own person. I talk about this with Clay because Clay's more of an off the cuff guy. Spreadsheets are great because they don't have recency bias, and they don't miss they don't miss things, but they also can't think. Yep, we can program the algorithm as much as we want to try to to make it think it like we're thinking, but it still's not thinking. There's still other factors, so it's it's kind of a an interesting uh, dynamic there. I think I'm 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 with you to extent as far as I'm going two with I'm going two with Kelly, and I'm going three with Weaver. Um, 
You said your weaver was was two and a half or so. Yeah, I I hesitate to give him a three. I just yeah. do. If we'll, I can go two and a half, I give him two and a half. We'll invoke the DVR rules. Back when DVR used to host it with me, or he used to host it, he he, he liked the half thing. Okay. So uh, we'll we'll get we'll 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 allow, we'll allow the half thing and uh and and we'll go on for there. But yeah, Arizona, you know, good place to pitch. A couple of good offenses, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you. You know, this isn't a spreadsheet thing, but you know, I'm more aggressive. Well, I'm I'm I do what my team dictates to do, but. Having said that, if I'm like, you know, I don't know, I don't like, I, I still err on the aggressive side. Um, I say, would I have started this guy in April and May? And if the answer is yes, then I'll probably start him now. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I know there's less margin of error, but, um, you know, it's cost me leagues and it's it's won me leagues. It's just uh, one, one, one never knows. Uh, Atlanta, Tuki Toussaint and Husker Yanoa. Uh, both both away at Arizona at San Diego, a couple of good places to pitch, mm-hmm. and San Diego offense. Yeah, it's it's scared because it's San Diego, but not by the numbers, they haven't been that great since the break. So th- these aren't these aren't the worst these aren't the worst setups for uh, Toussaint, not the worst setups for Yanoa. Um, do my control app to find out where I've got Tuki. Um, I'm gonna go. With Toussaint, I'm not sure he's going all that deep in the games. He's not. I'm. I'm just debating between a one or a two. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a two on Tuki Toussaint. Um, I think he's a better pitcher than that, but he's just not pitching that well or well enough right now. You know, uh, you know, I don't know if you were expecting, you know, or curious what would happen after he came back because I think we were, you know, where'd this come from? Kind of out of nowhere. He's pitched almost as well since coming back from losing the fight with the bench than he did be- previous. The strikeouts are down a bit, but he's, he's pitching pretty well. Uh, to me, he's a four. You could you could definitely sell me on the four, and I might just well wind up there. Um, Toussaint, my issue is just his control has wavered, which is what we yeah. saw from him in the past. You're right. Arizona's a good matchup. It's a better place for a pitcher now than it was a couple years ago before the humidor. San Diego, pretty good matchup. Ballpark favors them. That team is sort of falling apart. I, I, the control bothers me. I'm with you with the two. I, th- I think the best I could do for Tucson was two. Enoa, he is still getting Ks. He's still whiffing more than one. You know, his caper yeah. nine is better than nine. And these are two good matchups. My big concern with him on this grade is that the that the Braves throw another pitcher in to start aligning themselves for the postseason. They go six-man rotation with the full mm-hmm. week. He doesn't get the second start, and you lose the goodness of that one. I'm going to give him – you've sold me on the four. I'm, gonna give him, I'm giving him a four. I like him that much. Yeah, and he is someone that if he, if he happens to lose that second start, he still has one start against Arizona. So you're not yeah. completely tilted. Yeah. And um, I think that's the better one, slightly better of the two. Yeah, well, yes, on slightly. paper, but man, you still, you still, you know, if San Diego scored ten runs, I wouldn't go, wow, that's a shock. Um, on the other hand, doesn't Arizona get so many good left-handed batters? But they're just, they're just not putting it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 it's just been one of those years. Baltimore uh, interleague series to begin the week. John Means at yep. Philadelphia. Chris Ellis at Philadelphia. And they end the week. We should, I should preface this, this this entire discussion, if you will, with this is a busy week, friends. We got a thousand, a hundred games, three <laughs> doubleheaders, 
and 37 two-start pitchers. Tristan picked a uh, a bad week to say yes. If he had come on <laughs> next week, I don't know if you've looked at the schedule yet. There's two games on Mon- two games on Monday. And yet they still have 100 for the week. That's what's incredible. There's nine yeah. for one team. Cleveland yeah. plays nine. Well, this is next week. I'm sorry. This is this, this is the following. Oh, the following. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're making up for it with the Monday day off afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Obviously planning or hoping to get some or availing the time for makeups if necessary. But, mm-hmm. yeah, two games. You know, So the, the two-star pitchers for the next week, uh, you know, you should have picked that week to come on. This We would already would have been, we already would have been done. But anyway. Um, so we it's got all mean, good. yeah, we got we got means we got means and Ellis at Philly and home against Texas. Yeah, so I like John Means a lot. I think he's a much better pitcher than the returns we've seen even since he returned from the injured list. We saw the no hitter earlier in the year. Philly is a an almost impossible read. You know, Eric and I are always yeah having a struggle talking about the Phillies, and he's captain pessimism here. The Texas matchup is the one that drives. It's the Saturday game. I think he's locked into this, and that's going to push him. I'm giving him the four. I yeah. do like John Means that much. Ellis, I watched against the Yankees. There's a little of something there, but based on the track record, they scooped them up off the waiver wire. I'm iffy here this is an only if you're desperate situation i'm going to give him the two just because of that i think he matters here but i I don't feel good about it yeah i'm gonna go i agree with you on means i'm gonna go four and people that are using you know but he's been terrible lately that's what's what that's where algorithmic helps Mm -hmm. uh to me anyway but i'm going four there and i'm gonna give I can't go zero for Ellis, even though I have him ranked in the zero range, just because I think if you're if you're desperate for another starter, be it head to head or whatever, you need those strikeouts or whatever it might be. The Texas matchup is good enough that I can see starting Ellis over some of these other two start guys. So yep. even though my rankings will fall in the zero range, which means he's out of the top hundred, uh, I'm going to give him the one because I think there are scenarios in which you would need to start him. Mm-hmm. So even though there's even though there are a hundred games next week, the Boston Red Sox only have five. Yep, they they played the most games in the league to this point, which is kind of weird considering, you know, their own weather and the you know the weather of some of the teams they play. Um, but they've only got five. They do not have two starts unless they don't have Chris Sale. But we think he's going to be fine for today. Hopefully, by the end of the, you know, hopefully before the podcast, we'll uh, log on to Twitter and see that he's see that he's starting. I should have an I should have a, a, an alert connected to my, you know, yeah. to, to 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 find that information out as a uh, once I take the the and an analyst cap off and put on the the Red Sox. Yeah, people know I'm a Red Sox fan. It's a, I tried to hide it for years. It's like why bother? People are going to find. You know, why bother? It's just not worth it. Um, you, we get to a point where people trust your analysis anyway, so it's all good. Uh, Mills, Alec Mills, home against Minnesota, home again. Whenever I, I don't have to run Minnesota, but whenever I say I got Minnesota, I always kind of fall into that accent. I have no idea why. Um, Minnesota at home, and then St. Louis at home. Don't look now, but St. Louis is in the playoffs again. Yeah, and I, I could completely see them being there. I'm kind of scared by that matchup. So this is another case of what the spreadsheet tells me is that St. Louis is a favorable matchup for Alec Mills, and yet I want no part of it. <laughs> I'm giving him a one here. I, You know I, I personally believe in some of the bats in the Minnesota lineup. 
It's Wrigley Field, very unpredictable with how the park's going to play on any given day. He hasn't pitched all that well. And the St. Louis matchup, I I think that's scary. They're going to come into play. I'm at 92, which puts him in the one range. It's we're, it's kind of weird that I mean we both use similar analysis on our pitching, so I, I, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot more. Uh, we're going to be closer than sometimes Clay Clay and I are in these on these sorts of things. It's kind of uh, interesting that way. But no, I'm a one, and I actually I think I'm not as much of an Alec Mills guy as other people are, and that's primarily because of fantasy just doesn't get the strikeouts. And that's a big part of how of how my formula works. So we should mention that that the Cubs do have a doubleheader next week, but it's it's uh it's it's on Friday. It's not going to affect. They do have two days off, so they have six games. But with the doubleheader, it's just the one the one two start guy. Cincinnati seven games. Uh, Victor Gutierrez home against Pittsburgh, home against Washington, yep. and Tyler Molly with the same two. Those uh those aren't terrible. Those aren't terrible, you know. You don't like Cincinnati, so to speak, but as far as home ballpark, but they pitched there all year, so it's kind of, you know, what you're gonna, they know what to expect. But Pittsburgh and Washington crushes lefties, but they're 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 not so even even after losing a couple guys at the trade deadline, they still continue to crush lefties. They're not so great against righties. So uh, Gutierrez and Molly, couple of good matchups for a team that you know is still uh, is still fighting away there. If if this were Clay, he'd give them both fives. But um, I don't. <laughs> no, he actually, Clay's Clay's not 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 like that. To be honest with you, Gutierrez is kind of. I mean, I waiting. I was waiting for the shoe to fall, and yeah, I mean, next year I'm not buying into this year's numbers, but I do think he's a little bit better than maybe I've been giving him credit for. Uh, he's still only going to get a two from me. I that might other people may go a bit higher, but um, it's still I'm just still a little bit scared. Molly's a Molly's a five. He gets the strikeouts, getting the distance, getting the length, and with these matchups, Molly's five for me. Give me Pittsburgh Pirates matchups all day. Yeah, <laughs> both sides of the ball. I don't care that this is in Cincinnati and is a Harris Park. I don't care. These are great matchups. Uh, you're right about the Washington thing. It's a four percent difference in terms of. Uh, matchup quality, righty versus lefty. You don't want the lefty. So Wade Miley in that game. Mm. Gutierrez, you, you're. I think you're grading him on what you believe his true skill is. And I agree yeah. with you. I don't think there's anything special, but I like these matchups enough that I'm giving him the three. And so you're already jumping there, him up a level. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I think yeah. that that matchup is worth it. And I had a discussion yeah. with a good friend of mine where a month ago he asked. Gutierrez in my quality starts league. And I looked at his schedule and said, that schedule alone makes me say, pick him up. So yeah, three. And I'll, I I don't think my Maley's quite five for me. I think he's four and a half ish. I feel like I should put a four on him, but I'll, I'll go with the five and be generous. I'll be friendly here. I think he, another thing we didn't even sort of talk about because it's to the spoiler with all the double starts this week, there's not a whole lot of aces. Right. You know, so I my rankings, the way it works out, it's kind of relative to the field. Yeah. And in another week, Molly might end up 23rd, 24th with, the, you know, with these same starts in a, in, a, in, a, in a regular week. This week he's in my top 10 just because I'm it's, it's two starts mean so much and relative to the field. So yep. uh, that it's 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 we, we didn't you know we'll, we'll tell you when we get to a guys that we think maybe the, the top of our boards we'll talk about it but 
there's I see one one maybe two Cy Young oh, with two starts. I see only one Cy Young candidate with two starts. Yeah. So uh, no, no, there's a second. There's uh, a second, but he's not gonna. Well, no, actually, yeah. there's two and a half. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we you know I got Robbie Ray obviously, and I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, 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 the two Kevin Gosman. Who? Which which one? The two Brewers. Yeah. And uh, also looking at Gosman, but yeah. So, um, but we'll get, we shall get to them yep. uh, sooner, sooner, so, soon enough. So we now move on to Cleveland with nine, nine, count them, nine games. Fortunately, yeah. their pitching has kind of come healthy at the right time. Yeah. So at least they're not, they're going to have a name that we recognize mm-hmm. <laughs> starting each game, assuming that, uh, assuming that, that Shane Bieber is able to come back, and we have him. Uh, we, we do have him rejected to come back, but with nine games, we only have Tristan McKenzie. Uh, doesn't spell this, doesn't spell the first name the same way you do, though, right? It is not. It's with O-N, the O. I'm A N. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's with the O. But even so, even so, it's. I still love cool. the guy anyway. It's yeah, good. it's kind of cool. Um, I've you know I got him as a five. Um, like like what I'm seeing. To, to me, Cleveland, I think, has got that. Aren't they now in the uh, in the ring of ring of trust where you, you you have to kind of if you never heard of a pitcher from Cleveland, you're going to give him a double look just because what they've been able to do. Yes, absolutely. And in his case, he's reined in the control issues he had. He's been excellent lately. I mean, I'm looking at the past four starts. He has four walks total. That's not the Tristan McKenzie I remember when he first got to the majors. The one guy in that entire weekly schedule that I feel confident makes his two starts gets Casey at home. Not a lot of K's granted, but it's still a good matchup. And then he's got the, got the white socks with the righties and there's a little swing and miss in it. I'm with you on the five. And by the way, because it's nine games and they could finagle the rotation. They've done it a lot. They pushed Eli Morgan back to this, the Sunday, for example, he was supposed to pitch today. They could try to squeeze a second start out of a second guy and it, could be Cal Quantrill. It could be. Yeah, especially with 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 Shane Bieber. Who knows, right? I mean, yep. it may make the start. Could could start a different time, right? And Quantrill's. I think at this point, Quantrill's a five as well. I think Quantrill's even a step ahead of McKenzie as a strong five. Yeah. So it, it it's you know don't don't count the Indians out. Sorry. The well, no, they're they are still the Indians. I write them up as the soon to be Guardians. Yeah, they are still the Indians. It's it's it, it's that's their name. It's not disrespectful to call them the Indians. Uh, Colorado, John Gray, home against the Dodgers, home against San Francisco. I don't think this. If if the, you know in May or June when he was killing it at home, we may have had a a discussion, but I. I don't I don't see any reason to start him against these matchups. And he's been good at times, but those matchups absolutely terrify me. They're both at cores. He is a one. No, actually, no, we can take zero, can't we? Oh yeah, we can take zeros. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I'm not gonna be I've been a John Gray hater now for about a year and a half. I, I'll be nice enough to say, can I give him a 0.5? I'll give him that that little shred sure. of sure. <laughs> because there may be a desperate scenario where you need you know, maybe your ratios are a little bit stable and he can get strikeouts and there, there could be strikeouts. Uh, yep. In two starts, there's always strikeouts to be had. Uh, let's see. The White Sox with eight games. Yep. They've got Carlos Rodon at Detroit, at Cleveland, and Dallas Keiko lined up for the same pair. Uh, now, we could have a whole podcast on what Rodon's done this year. Um, 
not signed. It's interesting to see what the White Sox do. They you know take this year, put in the bank, and not and not take a chance of gets hurt next year. It's interesting to see what they do. They have some unfinished business. But where do you have the lefties this week? Redone and Keiko. In very different places. <laughs> I am I am extremely pro Rodon. The I, I always worry about them taking it easy with his workload. They don't have the schedule luxury to do it, so I think they have to start him twice. These are premium matchups for him. You'd rather have the righty against Detroit. It's still a plus matchup. Yeah. I think Rodon is a five. Yep. Keichel. Keichel, I don't think so so, so much. He's been pretty pretty bad lately, other than the decent outing the last time. And even then, it was what? It was five walks, three Ks. I actually think Keichel, at best, is a one and a half. I'm going to give Keichel a one, even with those matchups. I have him outside the top 100, but I, I may have his innings a little light because I do it real quickly when I, on my first run through. And, and, you know, it's amazing how much you project an extra third or two-thirds of an inning and – they're so bunched up, he jumps right up. I'll go for one as well. Uh, again, you, the matchups are such that you can, even if he's just, even if he's just trolling for a win in some places, head to head leagues. Yeah, the matchups. Yeah, the matchups do dictate uh, a better chance, a better chance of a win. Let's see. Next, we go to the Detroit Tigers, and let's see. They have six games, and they are going. They've been going with a uh, jumping a guy in to extend, but with that off day, they don't have to. Matt Manning is currently, yeah, on the hook for two. Yep. Um, you confident he gets a second? Not really. I th- I don't know that they're going to have much of a choice. They, right. Yeah, you know, as you said, the day off probably gives them the time. I, I, and they're probably off the following Monday. So I do think Manning has a decent shot of getting both starts. I don't feel good about them, though. It's similar positive matchups here in that home White Sox, home Royals, rather the righty against the White Sox. I'd say Manning is at best a two. I'm, I'm, I think Manning is still a one here. Yeah, here's 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 where I happen to watch. It was an afternoon game this week. I don't I mean – I man, afternoon baseball is the greatest when you when you don't have a real job and you can watch afternoon baseball. And there's been more afternoon games, it seems to me, this year than than previously. So I have recency bias because I liked what Matt Manning did this week, and but it's just one game. Um, I'm gonna go a one. Um, but I am a little concerned. You do, you know, he'll get the start, but you know, I don't, I don't see him going seven and a third. Mainly hasn't done it anyway. Mm-hmm. But Detroit is being a little conservative. They're giving all their the big three uh, an extra an extra day in between, which is a natural break this week with the off day. But to me, the matchups are such that I'm going to go one, but I'm not I'm not I'm not going to pick Manning up if he happens to be available. Yeah, it's, I, I really think that's just chasing those two matchups if you do it. Yeah, and you're yeah. taking a major risk. Right. All right, Houston, Framber Valdez, who were it's in it's it's in pencil. Yep. Uh, because he cut his finger, uh, was 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 punched from Thursday start, uh, hoping to start on Monday at at LA and then at Oakland. And if he doesn't, if he happens to start Tuesday, he probably won't get that second start because the way that the uh, Houston is is dealing with their their starters, maybe he will. But we got Valdez at LA and at Oakland. If he gets those two starts, where is he? 
Let's say he makes them. Let's say he has a reasonably positive return from injury. I think he's right in the middle. Of, I'd say he's a three. Normally, if I was more confident about the health, I'd give him a four. I think he's very much a three. By the way, we, we should note, if he doesn't, Jose Urquidy is the very likely two-star pitcher instead. I feel a little more confident there. I might give Urquidy the four. So if you're a confident person, I don't have an issue with trying to push Valdez a little higher. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I have him in the four range, but I, I, I might need to look at the innings because I think he, I, he, I don't know that you can assume he's going to go six or five and two thirds, one game back, <laughs> especially with the Angels. You'd yep. like to think Houston can handle some of that with their, with their bullpen, especially. It sounds to me like Mister Trout's not going to, not going to get up to the plate again this year, which is kind of a shame. Indeed. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on to Kansas City, where they they have one they they have one of the doubleheaders against the Indians, and that's on Monday. And it looks like Carlos Hernandez will start Monday, and probably again on Sunday. They uh, already have to call up a replacement for for Brady Singer, but as we talked about off air, be it a COVID situation, we're not hundred percent sure when he'll come back. Hernandez is one of those guys I was slow to come around, but I've I've come around on on Carlos Hernandez. You have. Hmm. Well, relatively relatively to where I mean I was just out. Mm-hmm. So now I'm at least interested in him. The strikeouts aren't quite there, but I'm a, a bit higher on him than I would have been. I I you know, I'll have a three this week. Um I think some people you know, to me you can go in I think you can go in either direction uh with how he's pitched. Yeah, and you could sell me on the three based on the Cleveland and Detroit matchups. They're favorable. I mentioned you generally prefer to have – well, now in his case, yeah, he's got the righty advantage against Detroit. It's you want the righties. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a big believer in him. He, the biggest issue I have with him is that once I start buying after three or four good starts, he throws a huge stinker right back, which he just did the last time. Yep. Out. Yep. That's, and they don't come at the most opportune time. I think, yeah, the last time he did, it was Detroit. The last time he did, it was uh, the July, what was it? A mid July outing. He faced Detroit and he got hit hard. So I guess I'll give him a three as well, but I'm feeling, I'm leaning a little too on skills. That's fine. I, I guess you know, with with being in, when you're completely out, and then you become interested, mm-hmm. that's an that's an improvement. It's in, as opposed to like being interested and then going gung ho. I'm not there yet. But, well, I think you, I think yeah. you've described that very well. That's a good way of putting it. Is that he's convinced you, but mm. yeah, and what's that's well, that's why he's a three and out of four or five. I guess with with a couple of with a couple of good matchups. Um, I was just wasn't. I think his was his last start moved up because of a. Uh, filling in for someone, if I if maybe I don't recall at this point, but um, jumped for Mike Miner, I think, or maybe yeah. that was the turn before, right? But he, you know, they we'll see what he what what we're going to work now down the workload down the stretch. We'll see. Man, the Angels are a mess. <laughs> the Angels are, are just a mess, and uh, right now we've got Packy Naughton down for a double dip versus Houston at home. And versus Seattle at home, you want anything anything to do with that? The Seattle matchup, maybe, but I don't even know that he gets it. I just yeah. love the name Packy Naughton. They've got yeah. some great names, Packy Naughton, Jansen Junk. That's just a fun <laughs> group of names. Uh, no, the Houston. Look, the danger here is you see the Seattle matchup. You play him in your lineup. 
he gets that one bumped, and he only gives you the Houston game, which no thank you. I'm not even sure that I love the Seattle matchup. They're you know they're a team that's in the playoff hunt, and yep. I know that they're falling back just a little bit, but still. Um, so you give him a zero or a one? I'll give him a one just because the okay. in the Yankee game there were I saw a little bit of something, just a smidge. Okay. And it's a it's tough matchups, but the it is a good park, so we can uh, we can we can we can accept that. Well, we'd accept whatever. All right, uh, the Dodgers six games. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say that that Gonsolin's scheduled for two, but with the Dodgers, we just don't know. Um, plus, the first one's at Colorado. Then we got out at Arizona. Uh, any any interest in rolling the dice in Colorado? Now without the promise of the Arizona game. Yeah. And that matters for this rating. I, I think you're taking a big chance that he delivers you only that outing. Gonsolin, I, I like the pitcher. Volume's not there. At best, it's one and a half. I'll give him a one and a half if you're giving me the half. Yeah, well, you know, Clay's not here. I can do what the heck I want. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you as well. I, I'm going to give him – he's 82, which puts him into the – cusp of 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 one and two so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the i'm gonna stick with the one i i think we both have heard you know and and, and responded to questions about well colorado's not that good this year i'm gonna start my guy against them in, in cores um sorry they're still really good at home <laughs> they're mm-hmm. still course field as i like to say is undefeated yeah uh, yes yeah, they're not as good as they normally are but at the last check, they were second or third overall still at home. They're still yeah. a dangerous offense, uh, you know, in, in at altitude. So Isn't uh, it, their their home numbers are a franchise low in most offensive categories, I think, or on pace for it. Yeah. But if you compare them to another team's road games, they were probably they probably one of the best. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were they were the best home team for a bit, and then they fell to second or third. Yeah. Uh, all and right. That's, before- that's the that's their cores compared to others' road, just to be clear. I'm not saying the Rockies road, they're terrible there. Right, right. Well, the, yeah, the yes, exactly. So here's the moment that I've actually been uh I don't want to say dreading because we're about to read some copy of some of our sponsors, and I don't dread doing that, but uh we'll see if I can get through reading some some copy here to pay a few bills. And uh, if there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states. Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcasts. Vivid Seats. 
is next. This summer is coming to an end, which means less than one month until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than vivid seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and share on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or that new show everybody is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Just one more. Just one more. Here we go. The new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contests now being shark-free. To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim $10 in contest credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests, including the $1 million baller contest. The $1 million baller contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry into the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championships live finals event, which will occur at the MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play, play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the $10 offered to get started. Uh, we made it, Tristan. Nice work. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it's not sidekick. easy. It's not easy. Oh, I'm used to the sidekick, right? And I usually go and grab a soda when Clay starts doing this and, you know, double check my rankings. The, uh, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've made my career of being a sidekick, you know, with, with, with Jason Gray and then Lar, uh, and then with, with Jeff and Clay, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think I was voted the the world's third most you know, third best sidekick next to uh, Ed McMahon and, and Andy and Andy Richter. I think, uh, Ed McMahon's the first one that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah, so I just I just happened to see a couple of Conan clips because he uh, was interviewing. They were showing some Norm Macdonald interviews, so I uh, happen to have happen to have uh, that on my mind. But anyway, um, where were we? We were in Miami. Or we were heading towards Miami. Welcome to Miami. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're Jesus, Jesus Lazardo, and and just just Jesus Lazardo is uh, there with a with an off day and uh, is scheduled for two starts. Ah, uh, I'm more interested in hearing if you're still on him long term than whether you start him this week. <laughs> You're playing the ballparks if you play them this week. That's it. And that's never a good idea in fantasy. Long term, I I really don't know fastballs in this. All he does is he's got that curveball that gets some swings and misses, doesn't have great command of it. I He would need to have a an eye-opening spring for me to get back on board, even long term. And by the way, he's, he's got, I mean, at best he's a one because of the ballparks here. Yeah, I have him as a... I think I has him a three, but I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him to a a two just because you know what I'm not even sure in innings is innings is innings are a thing. I was very in very high on him this season. I don't think my he hasn't picked enough innings 
to be adjusted too much automatically by my algorithm. I probably should drop him manually at this point with, with two starts left, right? Um, but Sounds that's familiar. Yeah, Sounds I, very familiar. I've been doing the manual adjustments <laughs> with him too. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, selfishly um, asking because, oh, you know, you know, you know of the XFL. You've helped out Steve Gardner in the past. I essentially traded Jacob Degrom to me a non-keeper contract with Lazardo as the main get in return. So I'm selfishly hoping that it does not turn out to be a uh, a waste, especially because later in the year. Uh, Wander Franco became available, and I don't know that I would have gotten him if I still had Franco. But the possibility, this was still when Degrom wasn't hurt yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I can. Hopefully, hopefully, Jesus Lazardo is is an anchor. We shall see. I'm going to give him a one. If you said what again? A one. All right, we'll go. We'll go with the one uh, for Lazardo. I'm, I'm a little more confident that they'll figure him out. Miami will figure him out for uh They're good the next with year. young pitchers. I give yeah. him that. And that was why I liked the trade for him. But he he is a major work in progress. No, 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 for sure. The, the talent's there. You know, let's make sure he's healthy. Seems to be. And now, you know, let's let's get to the next step, see what they do. And he can, I don't want to say be buried, but he's not going to be expected to, you know, to front that staff, not by any stretch. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you fledgling arms and when Eliezer Hernandez is the old man at 26 you know that's uh that's that's that you know our our buddy Craig Mish is going to have some fun watching that team over the next several years uh let's see you mentioned Milwaukee before Freddie Peralta has at least he's he's now scheduled for a pair um because the first one is probably Monday there's a there's a, a chance he gets it uh, gets it start on Sunday, but we've already seen Milwaukee hold true to form and pitch him for three innings or skip him, etc. Uh, how confident he was starting Freddie Peralta this week? Very confident. I'm a big Freddie Peralta fan. I think they might keep him on some sort of limited pitch count here, but the fact that he's got a good likelihood of getting the two home matchups, St. Louis, I mentioned, scares me a little, but. He's just so good. And then the Mets at home, he's a five for me. And and I'll, I mean, I mentioned the two Brewers pitchers. They go six man when they have a seven day week, but without Brett Anderson, unless they throw Aaron Ashby in there, there's the outside chance Brandon Woodruff could make that second start. And okay. remember, they, they're going to be lining up the playoff rotation. So that could come into play by that weekend. So, right. So from a practical point of view, we're starting Woodruff anyway. But, yeah, he's a five plus if he was. Yeah, he, he could be right now. I get Robbie Ray is number one. Woodruff would jump to the number one spot. I actually have Peralta in my number two overall spot, but you know it's kind of tenuous just because we don't know. That's just assume he's going to go yeah. five and two thirds, six and a third, something like that. Uh, actually, it was fairly recent that they truncated into three innings, so maybe the maybe that was maybe they'll let him go full bore this week and. And, and, and cut it down. You know, Milwaukee was going to go, what, 100-plus, whatever they pitched last year. It seems to have mattered for Peralta. I don't think Woodruff or Corbin Burns have been affected at all. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're – I actually think the Brewers have done a pretty good job of keeping those guys' workloads and checks just naturally without having to skip them. So I think right. that's the reason we haven't seen them doing that. I th- they've kept them on a very reasonable pace. They're a little aggressive going to the bullpen and everything. By the way, Peralta, since you mentioned the limited innings, six is past time. Six innings is last start. So it's getting better. 
Right. So one of there was a well, I mean, he's always capable, but there was a fairly recent start where he came out after three. Yeah. And they, you know, and like I said, they're not they're not shy about they're going to be doing that with Freddie Peralta on yep. on occasion. Uh, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm five as well. Uh, Minnesota doesn't look like there I go with the pretending I'm from Minnesota again. They aren't lined up for they're a double a, start week. They're and in a tough spot because they, they're a TBD aligned on Tuesday. And the best I could see it is Charlie Barnes gets called up or someone else. And he somehow pitched some four days rest. They're, they're just filling the games. Yeah. I mean, I've actually talked about, you know, kind of coming around, um, I'm a little interested in Bailey Ober. I, I I need to check out. I assume he's still under team control, et cetera. I don't know why he would be, but he's shown me enough since the break to have him on my uh, pick up late next year list. Yep, I agree with that. I like that pick. All right. So moving on, the Mets. The Mets only have five, and brings us to the Yankees with Nestor Cortez, the most likely to pick up two, home against Texas. And and what we uh, we both assume will be a, and hope will be a big game uh, at at Fenway Park to close out the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I've said it a couple times. I've come around a bit on Cortez. Well, not more a bit. I'm a little. You know, I've I'm in the, I'm not a Cortez guy, as it were, but I think that there's something there. Yeah, he, he's shown more fastball velocity, a noticeable bump. But when you say a noticeable bump and it's to 90 and change, yeah, that tells you a lot of what you need to know. I, I've watched this guy a lot with the Yankees, and then he was in Seattle in between. A good multi-inning swingman-type reliever that I've never been comfortable trusting as a full-time starter. But he's done enough lately that I'm with you. I think Nestor Cortez is a three here, and a lot of that has to do with the Texas matchup, which I'm pretty sure he's getting. Yep, I get him as a, I have him a three as well. We'll uh, we'll pick up the pace a little bit uh, here, a little more than the hour that we normally get, but that's fine. I don't get to talk to Tristan a lot, uh, at least not not you know when I'm not talking about business, as you will. Oakland, Sean Manaya is scheduled for two. And I haven't, I, you know, I'm reading off of our chart, the Rotowire charts. I haven't double checked this, but he's not getting two. But we got Chris Bassett down as returning. I mean, I'm just happy to see that in general. Yeah, that'd be great if he yeah. could. Yeah, it's at Houston, uh, which is which might not be so good, although it's at home. But um, Manaya to me, I've always, oh man, I've always been higher on Manaya than than the field, if you will. And for a while this year, I looked pretty good, but he's if uh, slipped a bit lately. Home against Seattle, home against Houston, like the you like the park. Matchups a little bit sketchy. You you, you on Manaya? Yeah, I like the I like the park. I like the pitcher, and that's gonna make me give him a. I'm gonna give him a four here. I think he belongs in that Enoa kind of tier for me. Yeah, I actually I mean have him at 19, which puts him in that you know four and a half. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him the. I'm gonna give him the five, but it's because. Relative to the field five, it normally probably would have fallen a little bit lower, but there's just not a lot of two start guys this week. Yep. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give him credit there, but um, started to strike out more batters, which was what the what he needed to get to the next level, and I still think there we'll see if he if he sustains it. But um, speaking of next level, we got Philadelphia with Ranger Suarez home against Baltimore. Then home against Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
And we've got Adonis Medina next, but I mean, it's, it's kind of a kind of a guess. And if, if he does get to, we'll, we'll we'll have to find out. He could I be the guy, the lead guy in a bullpen day. Yeah, guess. pretty much. I mean, with Zach Eflin now out for the. Are you uh, hey. buying into it, Mr. Suarez? There was a choppiness there. I'm sorry. So oh, okay. no, doubt, no doubt at the 105. <laughs> so we got we got Ranger Suarez home against Baltimore and home against Pittsburgh. You like the yeah. matchups? Yeah. Um, Suarez, lots of grounders. Another guy, a little bit of elevated fastball velocity. And, I mean, his is near 94. I think there's enough there. They don't let him go super deep into games, but those matchups, I think, drive him into three and a half territory. Okay, I'm going to go four, but you know, it's pretty much the same. I mean, if you look where he's look where he lands, he lands halfway in the uh, four category. So, uh, I like to me. I'm driven by those. You mentioned Pittsburgh before. I'm driven by those matchups in a big way. And again, the the lack of alternatives this week. Uh, San Diego, Joe Musgrove. With a home game against San Francisco and a second home game, if he makes it uh, against Atlanta, we say if he makes it, they're probably going to want him to, considering they're starting Vince Velasquez and Jake Arietta. So you, you'd like to get Musgrove as many starts as you can. You certainly would. They don't have. They they really are trying to piece it together, signing a guy off the street just to throw in there. <laughs> Come on, um, I. I like Musgrove, I'm I'm a bit a fan of his entering this year. Still have been. I know he's not been as good over the past couple months as he was in the first month and a half. But what is it? Uh, three. He's got four quality starts out of the past five home games. I'd say he's a four and a half. I don't want to give him the five, but I'd say he's a four and a half. Yeah. No, I I, I do have him as I do have him in the five as a five. Actually, I'm fifth overall, but um, I'm going going to go five on 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 Joe Musgrove. All right, let's see. What does that bring us? That brings us to Seattle, where we don't often talk about two-star pitchers just because if there's an off day, they don't get one. But this year we got – this week we happen to have two with Tyler Anderson at Oakland and at the Angels and Marco Gonzalez, the same uh, the same matchup. So pair of lefties. You like the parks. They're on the road, but you like the parks. We'll start with Tyler Anderson and then Marco Gonzalez. What do you think of Tyler Anderson? Anderson's another guy who I feel like is just the matchups play. He's the quintessential mm-hmm. streaming guy. So when looking at road, Oakland, LA, I see ballpark. I don't see a lot else. And I give him, I think he's a two and a half type Gonzalez. He's pitched very well lately. I don't think people quite realize how well he's pitched over the past two plus months. I think he belongs in the four range. I'm in the one. I'm in the. I mean, yes. I and mean, I'm. I'm going five. Just be, again has to do with relative to the field, etc. He's yes. He's been one of the best pitchers since the break, and I do like these matchups. And Oakland's one of those teams. You wouldn't be surprised if he gets twelve strikeouts or or gives up twelve runs, especially now the way the, the A's are just. Uh, yeah. You know. You know. We're not used to seeing them sputter this time of year. I think that's what makes it even a little bit more curious. 
is that's uh, why I want to see Bassett coming back because that seemed to throw their mem- momentum off. Yeah, I, I really hope he does get back and pitch as well. That's a good point. Uh, you know, you know, we, we, you know, we, 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 we like the numbers, we like that stuff, but that's an interesting point, and because uh, that was such a such an ugly incident. Uh, we alluded to Kevin Gosman earlier, mm-hmm. uh, home against San Diego, on the road against Colorado. Here's one of those. You know, the question is. Does Gosman go from a five to a four because of that Colorado start? I think he does, especially based on the fact he's looked a little bit more human lately. Um, the other, what's interesting about Gosman is there's the remote possibility that they choose to align him for the playoffs, give him rest, whichever, et cetera, et cetera, and he misses the core start. So there's a part of me that wants to say five because if he loses that start, he's more appealing. But if he has it, the volume is worth it. I'm still going to give him. I'm going to give him a four and a half. Okay, I'm, I'm with you pretty much in, in lockstep as far as all that goes. I'm going to give him the five. Um, I don't think that you know. I it, I don't think there's any blowback. Oh, he's afraid of Colorado. I don't think. I think we're well beyond that point now. That in San Francisco, there's still there's still I, you know the, the division obviously still up for grabs. So we'll see if they can line up, uh, if it's worth lining up at that point. St. Louis, we kind of alluded to, is uh, just as you know, just as you think. I, I, I've made I've made this reference before, and I know that you don't play all your leagues against Larry Schechter, but uh, the Cardinals remind me of Larry Schechter in that I will look at Larry's draft or auction, and I'll go, "That's not good. This is the year that Larry's going to not do well." And sure enough. Come September 17th, I look at the standings like, wow, Larry's doing well. So it's just that 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 that's my uh that's my uh my 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 not metaphor, but my comparison of the day. St. Louis is like that. You never you don't like their team on paper, but they always seem to get it done. Uh but will Jake Wolford and John Lester get it done at Milwaukee at Chicago? Oh, Todd, that is such an apt comparison. I like that. <laughs> I really, really like that. I, I'm, the, you know, the Cardinals, John Lester would have been the quintessential zero for me here, the way he had been pitching before that trade. And oh. here he is pitching great for them in games they got to win. And I don't know. I feel, Going back to Chicago, too, facing his, well, kind of his old teammates, if there's anybody left there anymore. Right. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say I should give him a two, two and a half. I, I'll give him a two. I'm too scared. Woodford, I don't know what to make of him. Woodford is just one of those guys. The Cardinals throw a guy in. Daniel Ponce de Leon was another example like this. Just gets it done at a time they need him. I feel similarly about him. I'm going to get also give him the two. And I, I could just total coin flip these two players. They could give you four production or zero production. Hmm. Yeah, I've got him as a one for both, and I'm wondering if I want to go to two for Lester because maybe I do need to give a little credit for the recent performance because, you know, we talk about streaks and hot streaks and predictable. The one – there are a couple studies that show pitching hot streaks tend to be real. So I think I will give Lester the two, and I'll make some adjustments when I actually post these. Uh, What's today? Today be Friday when we post these up. Saturday afternoon, as far as the uh, the piece goes. Mm-hmm. All right, Tampa. <laughs> Josh Fleming is not – we're not looking at any two starts. He starts the week off, but with the off day, we don't know. I mean, if anybody were to get to, it might be Fleming. But might be Rasmussen. 
Yeah, t- Tampa can do whatever the heck they want. I it's, mean, if they get a two-star pitcher, we have no idea who it is. And right, I mean, and now the you know, do we? I don't. In the first, the first game is against Toronto with Fleming and Rasmussen, so I'm not so sure I take the chance of starting anybody against Toronto right now. Yeah, uh, gosh, I like, I like Rasmussen, and the grade is sub league average by forecaster standards. That tells yeah. you a lot. Yeah, and I mean, you're Governor Lucha, You're a Yankees fan. I follow the Red Sox. I don't think either of us want to face those Blue Jays in a wild card game. No. Oh gosh. Nope. Uh, uh, they are. You know, it, once once my team is out, well, I've got reasons for kind of rooting for Tampa, but it's gonna. It's hard not to root for that Toronto team. Yeah, they're it's, they're a fun. I believe me, I didn't enjoy it when they had the uh, lovely four game series against the Yankees uh, in New York. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just I think thinking back to the last series in Buffalo when Boston happened to have their way with Toronto where, you know, that, that may end up to be, you know, they just happen to catch them in a downtime at that point where that, that can end up meaning something. We'll, uh, we'll have to see, but you know, Toronto just for the future mm-hmm. scares me. I just, well, they, it scares me as a fan. Um, love as an analyst, love what they're doing there. Uh, let's see, Texas, uh, Arihara again. We don't really know for sure. There could be a split game. We're not a hundred percent positive, but at the Yankees and at Baltimore, I don't want. I want nothing to do with Arihara. How about you? Yeah, and that's assuming he makes the two. He's a zero for me. Yeah, I mean, and that's before I get to the matchups. The other thing with Texas is they're doing this modified seven man rotation kind of yeah. thing where they're throwing tomorrow's starter in as the the follower. So I don't even know who's really going to pitch Monday or Tuesday. Arihara would be pitching a regular rest, I think, on Monday. So I don't even know that it happens. Yeah, I mean the one thing, it's so uh, in general with with Texas doesn't have to do who starts not this week, but you know, kind of the theme for me anyway has been, you know, guys that have gone from no, no nothing one to do with to at least interested. Taylor Hearn is now in that. I want to take a look in the offseason at, at Taylor Hearn. Yep, me too. He's pitched quite well lately, or at least shown me something. Yeah, so it's in, in Texas, we kind of talked about it's a good place to pitch now. No, we talked about that with Arizona. Texas is now a, a much better place to pitch than it's been previously, so he is someone I definitely want to – want to take a look at, especially if we think DH does go to the NL and we don't care about what league these guys pitch in, uh, even more interested. Okay, we'll wrap up. Toronto, uh, hopefully a couple of easy ones, even though the matchups aren't great. Jose Barrios and Robbie Ray at Tampa and at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, any reason not to give him fives? Ray's a five, definitely. Barrios, the only reason not to is the injury question, the fact that he left that last start. Uh, oh, that's right. Injury. That's right. Um, that that would make me give him a four and a half. But I okay. love Jose Barrios. No, I'll for give sure. Him a five. Give him a five. Okay, and yeah, you know, this is you know speaking to a a self-professed Yankee fan. So, and I I don't care about awards. I you know I, they're nice fodder. Has Robbie Ray done enough to overtake Garrett Cole for the Cy Young? Yeah, I, I was kind of on that before. I think the consensus moved that way. Robbie Ray has had that excellent a season. I I didn't understand why people made it so clear they thought Garrett Cole was the Cy Young. I think Ray's. Certainly worthy. I think that well, the reason you know the nerdy reasons are Cole's expected estimators are still better than Ray's. Yeah, but are they at the point where Ray's going to have a few more innings than than Cole? And you know the estimators are nice, mm-hmm. 
but I think it's close enough that I think Ray now, you know, I think to me it's a crapshoot. It may very well be decided by now how they each finish mm-hmm. down the stretch. Cole starts this weekend uh, to get the innings a little closer. But if Ray has, you know, continue where it is and Ray ends up with, you know, seven or ten more innings, I think that's important. Um, I'm going to go five for both. And, again, with the injury question mark, but I'll give him the five. Eric Fetty and is this Jake Rogers? Josh Rogers. Josh Rogers, Jake, yeah. So Eric Fetty and Josh Rogers. Fetty has made that I'm interested tier for me, but then does something to knock him back down to not interested. So I guess that kind of means I'm interested, but he's the last guy I look at at Miami at Cincinnati. And uh, Rogers didn't reliever, but didn't he pitch well as his only start? Yeah, he's actually got three games where he went beyond five innings this month, and all of them were pretty decent from the looks of it. The command numbers don't blow me away. Miami's a good matchup, though. The Cincy one scares me. Rodgers is probably going to be a two. If you need to chase, the Miami matchup is worth it. Fetty, I'm with you. Fetty's command numbers look really good. I just, I don't know, the gut just doesn't feel it. (laughs) My sizable gut just doesn't feel it. (laughs) I think he's a two and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Now, Fetty, early on, showed me some strikeout gains, which I don't think he's – he hasn't – he's teased off and on again, but he hasn't maintained them. So I, I agree we'll go with the, the, the two with the Fetty. And, I mean, I, for whatever reason, I was unaware that Rodgers had had that many starts, um, even though I do rank him every week, et cetera. I they haven't – snuck him in day of as a spot starter, at least yeah, one of them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the one. And it might, I it, it it might, I may readjust that when I do Actually, take a look. I'm amending. I'm going one on Rogers. He misses no bats. Okay. Yeah. Um. Maybe that's what it was. There's there's aren't there, there are too many Rogers now to keep track of too. Which, um, which <laughs> He's is not the like, Miami Rogers. <laughs> well, no. There's actually a, it, there is a Jake at this point, right? The was it yeah. Minnesota or something? Maybe he was the one I was thinking of that that uh, I don't know if he came out of nowhere, but that kind of was a reliever. And surprised me how well he pitched. It was Detroit. Who's the Detroit? He's, but he's the catcher. Yeah, yeah. The catcher. Um, ah, what? Too many. We're at the point of the season where you can tell I need a couple days off. By the way, we missed one team. I think we did. So we can give. I can finally give my zeros. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Oh, <laughs> I think we missed Pittsburgh. Oh well, we don't want to do that. Um, I mean, I actually like the city, so I'm, I don't want to make it look like I don't like. Uh, I like the city. Don't, too. don't like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, yes, we did. Mitch Keller and Connor Overton. So you kind of a spoiler alert, but uh, why are we going so why are we going so low? <laughs> I just don't trust Mitch Keller at this point. He's no. going to have to have like three or four good starts in a row before I trust him. Cincinnati, come on! In Cincinnati, no, thank you. Yeah. And Overton, yeah. by the way, Overton's pitched okay in reliefish quantities, but he's an unknown. Right, right, no, for sure. The only, I mean, I, I'm with you too. Now, I mean, I'm pretty sure you were at the at the AFL. We both saw Garrett Cole get crushed in the all in the Fall Stars game, mm-hmm. and later on we saw Mitch Keller get crushed in the Fall Star game. We know how Cole turned it around, so I'm still holding out hope for Keller. But it's not nearly yeah. as uh, if that's the reason why I think Mitch Keller may turn his career around. I need something else. <laughs> but. Yeah, uh, we can. No, we can hope. It's like Lazardo. I, I don't want to write him off forever, but he needs work. 
Yep, and uh, you know that that's the that's the crazy with the right organization. Unfortunately, hate to say it, but is he is he with the right organization to to get that work? I don't know at this point. Um, some teams you look at aren't competing, but you feel they have a plan, mm-hmm. so you can at least you know all right, I, you know Detroit, I see I I see a plan. Mm-hmm. I don't even Kansas City, I see a plan. I don't see a plan with Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I'm, and that's not even my thing, you know. I'm a fantasy guy, whatever. I, you know, the plan, that kind of talk isn't even my thing. But um, anyway, so um, we usually review. But what I'm going to do is when we post the uh, when we, we we post the 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 podcast, I'm going to attach the grades to that to save us a little time, get us out of here. And besides, I don't have them in team order. I have them in pitcher order, so I need a little time to, to work on that. But I will post the I will post a link to our respective grades. Um, this is the point where Clay always asks me if there's anything else in my mind and anything I want to mention. And even though he's asked me for like 100 straight weeks, I never think of anything in advance. So I will now put you in that spot, Mr. Cockroft. Anything else on your mind you want to pimp? Anything you want to talk about? Well, always read the forecaster if we're going to talk up some of our stuff. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask you your opinion. We talk pitchers. I'm, I want to talk hitters for a second. That sure. We talk Cincinnati and St. Louis in that NL wildcard race. Cincinnati's got the amazing schedule we talked about, and St. Louis doesn't. Who's having the better week on offense? Yeah, and uh, what did I just read? Jesse Winker in, Tyler Naquin out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, for you know, left-handed, left-handed outfielders as far as uh, Cincinnati goes. Yeah, that's a that's uh, I I I that's I do do a rundown. I haven't done it yet. That's um, Cincinnati grades a full ten best one best matchups yeah. of the week for hitting, and St. Louis was a four, I think. Yeah, I do like I do like where uh, where, 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 where what Cincinnati looks like this week. And you know, contrary to several of the Rotowire people and etc., being Cincinnati fans, so I always hear the doom and gloom. I do, uh, I do like what I'm seeing. So Cincinnati draws. Oh wow, uh, Keller, Overton, Crow, Corbin's nothing. Espino, yeah. Cincinnati looks to me. They may, they may lead my my hitting rankings. I always, you know, I try to get punny. Whatever team is at the top of the ranking, because bets. Um, why am I looking at Pittsburgh? Philadelphia, little little tougher. Although they do have what? They've got three lefties at least scheduled early. So Philly's uh, got a Philly's a little tougher to extract guys from the free agent list, though. The reason I find yeah. Cincinnati and St. Louis interesting is there's one or two you could pick up. Yeah, right. No, I actually I know they looking at the ad, there's not a whole lot a lot of special going on. I'm trying to think of right handers on Philadelphia. Uh, at this point, Bryce Harper who doesn't care who he faces. He's tough. Lefty or righty, it, it really doesn't matter. Cut, Kutch only hits lefties. Yeah, so it is. It is an interesting week for uh, for for McCutcheon there. So yeah, I, that's going to be uh, neck and neck when I do my rankings for the well Indians. Although you know we talk about nine games, but no one's going to play every inning of every game, right? Especially yeah. on a team like Cleveland. So when you have nine, you're you're going to get a full week's worth of, of run out of these guys. But it's not always an advantage to be playing a double header, you know, you, you may only play seven innings. So instead of getting 18 out of the guy, you may only get seven, you may only get six if he's on a home team and they win. Yeah. So fair point. Yep. So we will, we shall have to see, but that'll be posted. Uh, my hitting, the hitting tables will be posted with the pitching rankings tomorrow. 
So again, check out the 10 day forecast. And we'll, we'll say Tristan does great work with the, on the football side of things with, uh, with the SPN as well. Going to miss you a couple of weeks in, uh, in Arizona, but we'll catch up, you know, spoiler alert, knock on wood in March at, uh, at a restaurant to be named later in New York for tout wars. Awesome. I look forward yeah. to that. Yeah. We hopefully new news about that soon. Uh, thank you a lot for taking, I know Friday, every, every day is busy, but thank you a lot for taking some time out of your day. And, um, well, well, I'm sure we'll be talking soon about sticky stuff and home park and, and DH and all that kind of stuff. Indeed. I look forward to it. Here's to another right. great to a great final two weeks in 2022. All right, my friend. And before I finish signing off, the last thing I need to do is thank WinBet for being the exclusive sponsor to the Rotowire podcast. And with that, everybody, good luck this week, and we'll talk to you next week. I just...